Good day and welcome to a brand new season of the Point 99 podcast. Season four and my, my, can you even believe it? How on earth have we come this far? It's so good to hear the music leading me into a recording once again though. I've been off the air for far too long. On that, it has been a little bit longer of a break than I've had in between any of the previous seasons. Nothing special has been going on. I just wanted to start fresh in the new year and give everyone, including myself, time to enjoy the festivities. That doesn't mean that I've been idly sitting on my hands during my off time. Certainly not. We now have more tech behind the scenes, more scope for live and in-person recordings and more avenues to grow the production capabilities of the show. With that, the show can only grow with your support. So as per every other season, if you could like, if you can share, comment, do all the good stuff that will help me succeed Share it with your friends and family. Put it on your social media stories or just let me know in comments and on emails what you're thinking and how you feel the show is going. You can find me on all social media platforms at The Point 99 Podcast, on Instagram, Facebook, and of course you can email me at thepoint99podcast at gmail.com. Moving on and in partnership with another podcast that I'll be co-hosting coming out very soon but very much in its infancy we're still trying to smooth out some of the rough edges there is going to be scope for video format content to come to the 99 podcast whether that appears in season four is up in the air but going forward I want to be able to give you all more of a look into the full shebang of the show everything that goes into the production a little bit more in the way of interactivity, of interviews, you name it, that sort of stuff. For season four though, and as you've become accustomed to, I've lined up what I feel is a fantastic guest list. We've got a mixture of everyday runners and those who go a little bit extra on top of the everyday runner classification. Every single one of them does, however, have an amazing story to share and they do cover a good mixture of distances. We do have one returning guest from a previous season joining us, but everyone else is fresh to the hot seat. Throughout the episodes, you may be treated as well to small segment chats with previous guests or people from within the community. Not full-blown guests, but just little insights into the wider running community and things that are going on within it. To give you confidence in the 99 as well, while preparing the guest list for season four, I've got more than enough interest to start forming an idea of season five. But with that, I'm not going to get too ahead of myself. And let's not forget the one episode standard staple the intro. For anyone joining us for the very first time in season four, what is the Point 99 podcast? 
Well, we're a running podcast created by runners for runners. If you're new to running or to the podcast, we hope to have guests, topics and discussions that will help you along whatever path your journey is taking. For any seasoned runners or listeners, maybe we'll have some stories that will have you empathising with our experiences and predicaments. Whether it's lessons we've learned during our own journeys, embarrassing stories or heartstring pulling moments, we hope you'll stick with us while we try to share some good vibes, motivation and positivity. And hopefully we can have a laugh along the way. So before we get to our first guest for season four, someone I always love to catch up with, let's share the happenings from my world since you heard from me last. Right off the bat, I'm going to kick things off with news on brand new kicks. That's right, new running shoes. Two pairs to be precise. A gift from me to me. I'm that generous to myself. I think I'm the only person in the UK who had money to burn in January after the madness of Christmas and New Year. But a back pay never goes amiss. So I treated myself and yeah, it did help that I have the best connections and the best teammates to get a little bonus discount on top. So not only have I added a super sexy pair of colorway Nike Next% Percent Vaporfly 3s to the collection, but also my very, very first pair of trail shoes. Innovate Trailfly Ultra G300 Max. I know, I know, they sound like a Hoover or a power tool. Both are completely different shoes for completely different things. And boy, do you feel it, or at least I do. Having tried several ranges of shoes and models over the past few years, I've started being able to feel, or I think I can feel differences like responsivity, technicality, form and function. Things that day one Steve would never have thought of being able to notice. Honestly though, Both pairs of shoes are amazing and I can't wait to see what I can do in them. I also went a bit overboard and bought nearly a whole wardrobe's worth of new running clothing from the higher state sale. It's more stuff for combating the cold and wet weather that we've been having of late and for running on trails. All good products that are going to keep me warm keep me dry and just help me enjoy long running just that little bit more when I'm in the back and beyond and it's freezing cold. But what are they all for, I hear you ask? Well, during the break, I signed up for my holy trinity of 2024 events in the Highlands. The Inverness Half Marathon in March, the Loch Ness 24 in August and the Baxter's Loch Ness Marathon at the end of September. At least one of those is a surprise even to me. I do have some targets in mind at each of the events and the shoes especially combined with some disciplined and focused training could really help me reach some exceptional personal goals. I'm talking a sub one hour 30 minute half marathon which I'm currently about five minutes off. 
having other people around me to push me is definitely going to help me try and smash that goal. A sub three hour 30 marathon, which is around about 15 minutes off my current PB. A little bit more interest here with regards to social running. It may be a PB push or it may be a social affair as there are quite a number of familiar faces from within the community making their way up to Loch Ness. And it would be a shame not to maximise the time that I have with these legends even if I put in a lot of hard work, it won't go to ruin. I can always look to push a PB at a marathon at a later year, another event. I just need to build upon the hard work and foundations that I built last year. Then finally, between myself and Lorna at Trail to Try, we're hopefully going to take a good stab at a podium place at the Loch Ness 24 in the mixed doubles that in itself is going to be a task and a half because we've heard who some of the competitors in that category are already and they're just locals that we know about. There is a high chance of more widespread attendance in that category. It's going to be tough, but all we can do is try our best and see what we can do ourselves. And honestly, if I don't get the targets ticked off, it's no big deal. I'll be disappointed if I get within a few seconds, but hey, if it doesn't happen, there's no amount of moping around that will change it. I learned a lot from 2023 and had some really amazing support from beautiful souls within the community, some of whom are actually coming to Loch Ness. So it's a year of holding my head high, trying to believe in myself that little bit more and seeing what will happen. With regards to actual running over the intermission, it's been a varied affair. Once we'd wrapped season three, I really did wrap my running off pretty much as well. I really took it easy on the run up to New Year and tried to maximise the rest. Certainly, I kicked off December with the one hour, 35 minutes in the half marathon distance. But following that, I took it easy going forward from there. January has however been a little bit more of a return to normality for me as I've tried to hit a Tuesday, Thursday and Sunday session, weather permitting. At the time of recording, I've ticked off around about 110 kilometres with week three being a bit of a washout with the amount of snow we've had in the Highlands. You might see some runners on social media heading out in the snow and looking like heroes, which I may have done once upon a time, but I'm erring on the side of caution this year. Eight inches of snow is not fun to run in as much as it would be great for resistance training. So I'm playing it safe and sticking to some solid strength and conditioning work and yeah, not risking a slip and fall to scupper later goals within the year. I'm also a firm believer that distance doesn't matter. What I run is what I run. What you run is what you run. You should be proud of what you do. I am, however, extremely happy to have ticked off over 1,000 miles in 2023 and would hope to better that by some margin this year. In reality, though, if I don't, it's not a big deal either. If I do, that's amazing. 
it's especially going to be more significant if I get an ultra signed up for this year because even though I've got those three events I am looking at at least one full 50k ultra non-stop and a number of other events they will just be Scotland or UK based I'm not going to go further afield this year fingers crossed though spring arrives early as much as I love winter and I love the snow I really would like to start getting back into the comfort zone of lighter night running and getting the vest top and short shorts back on once again. Enough about me though and on to the reason I think many of you are tuning in for this episode today and that is our guest. So let's hop on over to hear the chat I had with Carl Orm or to use his Instagram handle fighting the dad bod. Here we go again, a new season and a new face to the guest hot seat. But my guest today is certainly no stranger to the spotlight. I have the pleasure of being joined by a man who I've met several times over the past handful of years and someone I gladly think of as a friend. Even though he's a practical joker and self-proclaimed comedian, he could also easily accompany the definition of inspirational in the dictionary. Whether it's his tireless work with mental health matters, seeing regular appearances on stage across the country, from the national running show to the mental health and well-being show, or the multitude of challenges and feats of insanity he throws himself at without any training. We're talking running a marathon on a hotel balcony, undertaking a medley of miles marathon with weighted miles, sidestepping miles, bouncing balls, carrying bikes, or if that's not impressive enough, running a number of marathons dressed as a giant boob. No matter the cause or reason, he fully commits to getting over that finishing line while helping others cross it too, which is sometimes easier said than done lack of training or the several beers the evening before you decide. But aside from his work with charity and mental health, there's a man behind it all. So let's learn a little bit more about this legend and perhaps help show him that even though he doesn't believe it himself, he really is an interesting guy and inspirational character. So join me in welcoming the man who wishes he could be Scottish to the show, fighting the dad bod, Carl Orm. There is so little in that introduction I agree with, particularly the last statement. I mean, who <laughs> would agree with that? You can guess who that came from. Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's going to break down later on as to who you support, according to him. Football-wise, yeah, that is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you getting on, Carl? You had a good week? Yeah, it's not been too bad, actually. Just trying to get everything done and sorted. Because, as you said there, going to the running show again this weekend, and I'll be talking on the Sunday. So it's just getting all work and house bits done, so I won't be too missed when I go away for a couple of days. And then you've also got meeting all the people that you know from your how many appearances at these sort of shows now as well. So there'll be a lot of familiar faces and a busy old weekend. It's, to be honest, it's literally like a reunion because this is the, I've spoken at five and attended six. So there's a lot of the staff, the team, I know. And then four or five, I forget which, of people that I've interviewed for my interviews um, are actually speaking on the stage. It's quite surreal kind of meeting up with some of them as well and listening to them talk about some different areas and catching up with them, hopefully off stage as well. Oh, spot on. It'll be, it'll be, as you say, catching up with what, what aren't like friends, but they are friends 
through uh, various means and because of your Insta views, which we're going to get to at some point in this chat. Um, but before we get too in depth with our familiarity, um, there's going to be a few people listening that maybe aren't familiar with who you are and your background with running. I would ask if you've been for a run this week, but I know the answer to that already. <laughs> <laughs> so first off, uh, can we take it back to the, the kind of humble beginnings of a young Carl? Um, and then we'll work our way forward to maybe some of the achievements you've done. But where did it all begin, your connection with running? Uh, was there athletic youth or was it all kind of part and parcel of your military service? Okay, so running itself, I didn't do much of in the army beyond what was required. So obviously, as you can imagine, you need to maintain a basic standard of fitness and kind of the other fitness I had as a result of doing sports, whether that be football, hockey, boxing, tug of war. So running properly, as many of the running community would know it, um, for me, started about 2019. I'd been made redundant from a job. And as a result of that, I had a relapse um, into a state of depression and mental health problems. And it really, it, it probably knocked me for six, to be honest. And I was questioning a lot about myself, my own worth as kind of a father, as a husband, as a, as a man in general. And what I ended up doing is for several years, I'd said, oh, I'll do a marathon. I'll give one of those a go. Put in a place for London, didn't get one. So I thought, well, that's it then. I've given it a go. So this time, about April, May 2019, I actually paid for an entry into the New Forest Marathon. Um, with that paid for, I thought, God, I better do something to try and train for it. I've not run anything near this distance before. And for the better part of four or five months, I actually did proper training. Um, I did mixed runs, I did long runs, tempo, steady state, heart work, strength work, Pilates, almost everything that you'd expect someone to actually do and prepared for it properly, both mentally and physically. The problem I had, I arrived at the run, started, and it's as if someone went, okay, forget everything you know and just be an idiot. So I said, I got carried away, I set off too quickly. Um, I didn't refuel. I didn't even stop at the first couple of aid stations. I thought, I don't want to slow myself down by drinking. I hadn't gone to the toilet before. I mean, almost every stupid mistake you can physically make, I made. And by mile 17, I not only hit the wall, but the wall smacked me around silly. And I was staggering. I fell over. I was in absolute clip. And for about four or five miles, it was just a test of how much I can hang on till I'd flush enough lactic acid out to be able to get myself over the line. Finished the marathon and vowed never, ever to do another one again as I'm sat there swigging a beer, chomping a burger and think, at least that's done. So there you go. That was my intro into running. How many have you done now then? Uh, 43 since then. <laughs> so it clearly didn't work, did it, that conversation. And there, there was alcohol involved in some of the other challenges and decisions I've made. I'll say that in my defense. Yeah. From firsthand experience, there's, there's quite a lot of alcohol involved normally the night before a marathon as well um that that makes you sound it makes it sound bad it's it normally, does it's made normally in good social company though it's it's precisely good, yeah, yeah yeah um do you have a favorite then of every single one you've done or is it are they all kind of much and such because it's just every time you turn up it's just ah, well just get it done it's for a good cause or uh, for whatever reason um, it's difficult because I've done a mixture of um, proper runs, if you like. So I've done a few at Loch Ness, I've done, or Loch Ness, sorry. Bear in mind, number of Scottish <laughs> people in the audience know how okay. Um, I've done Edinburgh, 
But obviously the Loch Ness one, I did one of them with very kindly provided props from you with a Nessie hobby horse <laughs> and a bubble machine. So that was quite good fun. The Edinburgh one in a kilt was good fun for a bit, but there's only so many times you can be shouted Carol because you, you can't seem to say my name up there. Nah. Um, and, the, and the chafing wasn't fantastic either. So, and then you've got <laughs> other silly ones, as you said, some of the ones I've done where during it, it was fun and enjoyable because it was so ridiculous that people kind of got involved. So the one on the balcony when I was on holiday, it was just people couldn't get over how stupid it was. Neither could I. So you could laugh your way through it as much as it hurt. And those turns like doing the world's worst bleep test on a three meter balcony. Oh, I mean, certainly from the the kilted run at Edinburgh, I can testify that was my that was my first run, first marathon, and that was horrible that year anyway. Um, so the just the amount of general amount of sweating that would have been so uncomfortable. But then my second marathon, you you kind of touched on that as well, where we made the props for you, and I would happily say that was my favourite marathon so far. I know I've only done four. Um, I'm a, kind of a fraction of the percentage you've done. But I would say that's my, my best one, just generally because of the company of yourselves, Lee, Muriel, uh, yourself, the distraction that we had on the run up to it. Because for anyone who doesn't know Loch Ness, you've got to take a bus to the start line. Everyone's just packed in and there's so many people on those buses just petrified. And then here's Carl blowing bubbles at people who come out of the toilet. <laughs> um, so you, you certainly made my my Loch Ness, my first one, all that better because you were solely back and you, you didn't really take yourself seriously. You didn't take it seriously as a whole. And I think from any event I've been at where you're there, that's what I get from, from your either lack of training or you don't take yourself seriously. It's just another event and get on with it. But, and I think part of that, and it's certainly not to belittle the distance or the event by any stretch. And what I've found is my body suffers seriously as a result of doing that. But I think because of how I kind of found my way into running and also the running community, and I think us meeting as a group together beforehand and kind of support each other through it almost epitomizes that, that there's others there to support irrespective of experience. Mm -hmm. But for me, because I've been using this as um, not only a fundraising activity, but a bit of a stretch of my own mental resilience and endurance, I've kind of I've been some dark places before and it's tapping into that going, right, I can manage this, I can do that. But even with my time in the army, there's very rarely an occasion where you can't, and sometimes it's darker humour, but kind of have a laugh, not take it seriously and get through it. And that's almost a coping mechanism for it. So, so is that how you continue to, to punish yourself so much? Because I think from anyone else, it would be nigh on impossible to finish something like a marathon the way you have, be so physically destroyed and go, you know what, I'm going to do another one. I think it is. I think it's kind of a mixture of that in terms of the, the mental resilience piece. I mean, I did London last year and I did dress as a giant boob and it turns out I'd broken my foot on mile nine. So I ran 17 miles with a fracture on my foot. But again, I think another part is because the charities I do it for and I've met some incredible people associated with the charities or particularly with um, the breast cancer one, people have been affected by it. And I kind of think, well, whether I'm doing four, five, six hours, whatever it turns out to be, that's pain is temporary compared to what others are going through. And it's pretty hard not to push yourself. And then the beauty of a marathon, you're running along with other people for a long period of time. You get to hear their stories as well. And it's, I mean, I've cried on several of these and it's hard not to be inspired when you're listening to what other people are doing. You think, I just need to carry on, put one foot in front of the other and get on with it. Yeah. 
Do you feel then, because you've touched on the mental health aspect of, of it as well, and of course you're a big advocate for for talking um, and your appearances at like the, the running show and the mental health show. Um, do you find then that running for charities and, and having a challenge helps distract your mental health as well and gives you something else to focus on? Or is that maybe not so much of, uh, of an input towards it? it's a little bit of both i mean it it gives you a powerful why because you're running for a purpose you believe in uh, and often inspired by others but kind of another thing for me is there's times i kind of look back and reflect on especially some of my times in the army and think i think i could have done better or been better if i was more mentally resilient so i've almost pushed myself and even the, the silly other stuff like the burpees or the everest stairs and other stupid ones that aren't running related but putting your body mentally and physically to a place that you then need to go beyond i think it's a useful skill to have because it's helped me then the setbacks i've had in life subsequently i've actually been better at dealing with and it also makes feel if i'm giving some advice i'm giving it from a place where i've actually been through it instead of saying well if i were you i would do this i can't comment but maybe do that and it feels more genuine that way you've actually just done a great um transition there as well because my next kind of point I was going to come on to was the burpees and the Guinness world record that you currently still hold in. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Can you describe a, why you would want to have a, a Guinness world record in burpees, but also explain a little bit more about, cause it wasn't just yourself. Was it, it was, it was a team effort. No, not at all. Uh, definitely a team effort. And they certainly carried me through it, but th- this came about, we were, um, I'd done an interview with the decathlete Dean Macy some years ago. And we were kind of just talking about different challenges we can do for charity. And it started with us saying, well, what if we're doing maybe some laps of athletics track doing burpees? And it's one of those silly things where some competitive people get together and start talking and an idea evolves. And then someone mentioned that during lockdown, a team had set a world record for the most mixed team. So three men, three women, most chest of floor burpees in 12 hours. And we kind of had a look at it, started doing the maths and went, well, what if we gave that a go? So Six of us got together. Um, we did it for a charity called the Indie Rose Trust, an incredible charity. Very sadly, they lost their daughter at the age of two to brain cancer. So what they do is they raise money to put together care packages. And actually, they've got a property that they allow people to use to try and make the best they can for those children's lives for the last time. And when we were doing the challenge um, and going through this, uh, the 12 hours of it, some of the families were there. With, and of course, we get emotional to talk about it now. But um, some of the families there with some of their children, and you think, God, no matter how much this hurts, and it, and it did, I mean, it, it's pain like I've never felt. But even that, you think they are going through far worse. So once again, it's that powerful why. I've just been inspired because the people that I did it with were just amazing. And just watching them time and time again get down, do their reps, and get on. And we end by the end of the 12 hours, we've broken the previous world record by over 1,200 burpees. Wow. We did 8,723 burpees, chest to floor. So we're talking properly kind of chest down, hands out, taps to the side, press up position, legs out, certain distance that's measured. It's filmed every single part of it. I do have cameras around to prove to be an official Guinness World Record. Jeez, oh. How did you meet these people? Are, are, they, are they people that are friends or colleagues or was it just complete randos? So the um, mainly it was through Dean. So um, Dean Macy did it. His wife um, and sister joined as well, which is just incredible. Shows what a really competent, powerful family they are. Yeah. Um, Perry was the has been a childhood friend of Dean's, and he's a triathlete coach. And then I bought a friend um, Hattie, 
who X-Forces, she was doing bits with Hunted and Celebrity Hunted, but I kept herself fit. And I knew she was quite mentally robust as well. So we kind of just got six people that just thought, let's put our bodies through this <laughs> for a worthy cause and give it a go. It's, it's some it's some record to have. I don't think anyone in their right mind would want to break that. Um, if they do, I though, not. Well, I want to do it again, and I won't do it again. So, well, to preempt that question, if, if, some, if someone broke it, you were going to have to go back and do it again. Um, we can no, maybe maybe get wish con- good luck. We can convince Lee to go and help you with it. He's a sucker for punishment when you're involved as well. <laughs> maybe. Um, we're going to move on then from that uh, to, again, something that you touched on right at the beginning. Uh, it was Carl's Insta views or uh, were they the same thing or the fighting, fighting, fight to inspire? Were they the same thing or was it two separate entities? Um, two separate entities. So the initial on the Carl's Insta views, these evolved because um, when I was doing some of the challenges, so um, 2020 during lockdown, I was doing those 20 marathons and the 10 and 10, et cetera. And um, people were asking me to come on and talk about it, but I didn't feel comfortable at that stage. So I thought, well, actually, I kind of like hearing some other people's stories. So I started it and then it was just ridiculous that how lucky I was to get some really inspiring people to come on and talk and for me it was basically a chance to have a chat to them hear their story people that i've grown up with people i've watched on television been inspired by and then also be able to ask some sort of questions that i never would normally be able to ask Mm -hmm. the fight to inspire piece came about um as because sarah and i started doing some work together sarah for those not aware she's a former British multiple world champion, uh, Olympic medalist in Taekwondo. And um, we'd done some bits together, including some speaking parts. And we kind of reached into some of her world as well, with some of the more Taekwondo and sort of fighting areas, as it were, to then be able to bring on some different guests, have a talk to them and put a different spin on it. But still of the idea, just sharing their story with everyone, just to try and give people an opportunity to see how people have become inspired, where they've come from, how they've got there. And the other part there is, and I had this particularly, so Adam Jamili's perfect example, that irrespective of the success you think they're going through, everyone still has the same problems, whether that's injury, whether it's health, mental health. I've just been able to connect them in a way that potentially some of the normal interviews on Sky or whatever don't always have. I think from the ones that I, I managed to catch, it's especially Adam's, you forget that even though they're on TV and even though they're effectively celebrities they are still just people and you get that from the 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 conversations you had with them but absolutely and for me it's been it's been quite humbling actually the number of them that are still in touch now i mean adam came down to see me in the london marathon cheer on there's others that have done charity events or are doing uh, and even i've got four or five of them that are contributing to a mental health book i'm doing at the moment and it kind of shows if they're willing to give their time up like that because they don't get paid for being on with me and in the nice possible way just some random bloke that chats to them so there's no incentive to do but it's just been it's been a real eye-opener for me and a, definitely a humbling experience would there be any chance then that the insta views and maybe some more fight to inspire it would make a reappearance in the future that was something that lee was quite keen to know as well um i've definitely thought about it but if i were going to i'd need to decide on a definitive direction and maybe get a new group of people because part of the challenge is i think it was probably slightly easier during lockdown because everyone was in a similar position and then because i was doing them regularly um people were recommending to their friends or colleagues they said oh actually carl's done a good job here or he doesn't grill you so then it kind of picked up the challenge i'd have is i'd have to really have a, a think and a plan how i was going to do it 
and the direction I wanted to take it. Would you take it onto podcasts? Um, I'm not ruling it out. The interview thing I quite like because it was a simple, easy platform to do. And it's sometimes nice actually being able to look at someone and watch their body language and interaction as you're talking to them. And it's, it's wonderful. I mean, remember the one with Tony Jarrett is literally we were laughing two thirds of the way through it. <laughs> and even we met, we met up a little while after as we went for a Chinese and the same again, it was just laughter the whole way through. And that doesn't always come across in just audio, whereas you yeah. actually in the video side, you can see that, can't you? Like, even from our chat just now, Carl's in between two meetings here. So even the transitions between some of the questions are fairly uh, hard case, kind of janky, but there's a reason behind it. Well, at least with a video format, there's no hiding, is there? It's it's, it's there. You can't cut it or or hide from it. So are, are they still viewable? Do you still have um, like an archive of them that people can go back and watch? Yeah, so there's on my um, Instagram, you kind of scroll through, and I think I did some of them on the Instagram TV piece, and then the others kind of just scrolling through. I don't have that many posts, I don't think. But through them, you'll see the various interviews um, and the different people I've spoken to. And then what I started doing, and I must have done about half of these now, actually extracting the audio element out of it into podcast form. So on Spotify, um, Apple, wherever people get the podcast, there's a number of them that are on there. And I, I do need to fill out the back archive just so they're there. So if anyone is bored one day and wants to listen, they've got the opportunity to do so. That's that's good to know. I'll, what I will do myself as well, I'll, I'll put links to it in all the kind of descriptions, but also on our website, I'll maybe make you a little page there where it can be easily <laughs> accessed. You've just mentioned uh, in that piece, though, you're writing a book. That's new to me as well. So <laughs> this is good to know. Yeah, I'm doing um, writing one about uh, mental health, unsurprisingly. Um, with the idea being that I'm kind of telling my own mental health story. But what I've got is a number of contributors from the sports world, celebrity world and the military world um, with a dedicated chapter each kind of talking through some of their experiences with the idea being that not only is it an opportunity for people to read different experiences and examples, whether um, in some instances the impacts of mental health through leaving sport, others through um, racial discrimination, how that negatively impacted them. And then, hopefully interweaving it all together should make a slightly more interesting or compelling read than just me having a waffle along. Um, and I'm hoping that it's going to raise some money for mental health charity with the sales of it as well when complete. When is the completion due for, or is it still a uh, kind of fictional date in the, in the horizon? I'm hoping for the end of this year. I'm, um, I've been writing for a little while now and I'm working doing a couple of kind of written interviews with some of the previous guests and contributors but if I say it officially, then um, I'll be held to it. So some miraculous date in the future, hopefully maybe by the end of 2024. Christmas 2024, I'll be expecting a signed copy under the Christmas tree then. <laughs> well, there you go. We'll see how that works out for you. <laughs> oh, no, that's really good. Though. I'm looking forward to that because that's, that's something different. Have you done much writing in the past? I've done bits and pieces, but nothing of that sort of volume. So I've done a bit of um, creative writing for websites and bits and a bit of travel writing. And on and off during the time when I've travelled to different places, I've kept a bit of a diary. Um, but it's not quite the same. Is it the same as, oh, yeah. am I going to be interesting, compelling enough to translate onto the page so people who actually want to read it? Or the other option is they skip my bits and read the people that are actually interested in the contributors. Not at all. I'm sure everyone will love every word that's in that. Um, so you've you've done you've kind of covered there bits and pieces with um, 
charity work that you've done in the past and obviously now the book as well uh, and the con- the kind of proceeds that can go towards mental health charities. There is something else on the back burner that I'm aware of. Um, is that something you would like to share today? The the possible, or I'm not sure how far you are, are along with the planning and if it's still the case, but do you want to share? Se- uh, September's plan. September, okay. Yeah, it's um, we talk about the headway now. Make sure we're talking. Yes, the same we are. Thing. We are. Yeah, unless you've got something else that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's still very much intending to um, about the second week in September. Uh, I'm aiming to run the 156 miles from. And please forgive the pronunciation. Um, I think it's Vatasay, the southernmost island, to Stornoway in the north. So across all of the Hebridean islands, involving a couple of ferries and a lot of running. Um, with my boob costume to try and raise some money for breast cancer and put my body through another kick in in the interest of charity because kicking yourself so many times in marathons before wasn't enough you needed a bigger scalier challenge didn't you well you you said i actually do because i did um what was the last marathon i did um must have been loch ness actually yeah people are going oh you've run marathons before so we're not going to sponsor you oh right thanks well I've still got money to raise for charity because I'm trying to do this. Oh, well, I've already sponsored you for that, so you've got to do something different. So that that's almost where these things kind of grow and evolve into just getting more ridiculous. So 156 miles, I'm aiming to do it nonstop beyond, you know, pausing for food, drink, and general collapsing um, and see how long it takes me and how do I do. And hopefully we'll have a few familiar faces. I'm definitely hoping to get along, and I know a few of the, the standard Loch Ness squad are planning to make an appearance as well. So for anyone uh, who doesn't follow Carl and wants to follow the the Heb challenge and anything else that he's doing, hop on over to his Instagram. That's probably the best place to, to find out everything, isn't it, Carl? It, it is. And as it gets closer to the time, I'll be sharing more on there. But definitely if people are interested in doing a bit of the run with me or able to support in any way, because this is an officially organized event. So I'm going to be relying on the kindness of friends, strangers and anyone else I can rope into it to assist. Just generally keeping me glued together enough to be able to, to crack on and get from start to finish in one piece. Well, I certainly know someone who has a van who will be listening, and I mean a camper van, and should hopefully <laughs> be living in Scotland by that time. So they they might get themselves along. They love an island hop, so maybe we can convince them to come along and help support as well. Sounds awesome. And that's, for me, so many of the challenges I've done, it's that kindness of strangers piece that really reminds you how good people can be. When I did that, um, the 10 marathons in 10 days at the back end of 2020, just because we were running out of time and I had to get them done. It's amazing how people are willing to help, support, assist with kind of food, accommodation, other things, just to keep you going because they recognize, especially in the sort of state of me, um, what I was trying to achieve. And sometimes the only way you can do any of this, and this is where the running community are so fantastic, is being able to get that help and support from them. Oh, they, they truly have got their own little ways of helping and you've got such good connections across the kind of spectrum of the the wider community as well through appearances and other podcasts or just through random connections so is there anything else that might be coming up on horizon or is is writing a book and and doing a, a, a incredibly silly challenge in the hebrides enough for you just now um I'll probably do a couple of marathons this year just to keep raising the awareness, kind of the profile and to get some training in because I've got some friends that haven't run one before and aren't convinced that they can. Whereas I genuinely maintain 
everyone has a marathon in them. It's maybe it's not going to be a world record pace, and mine certainly aren't. But I think if you can support and help people through it, even if it's primarily a run walk program, they can still do it. So I'm going to be doing a couple of marathons with people there first, and it feels kind of good doing that with them and seeing that sense of satisfaction when, not if, when they complete it. I uh, wish I had my camera on there because I, I just I, I did laugh and put my head in my hands because you're some guy. <laughs> All those marathons before aren't enough, and I'm struggling to try and fit at least one in this year. Uh, and you're you're going you're going out all out, but it's great to to rope other people in as well and show them that it is possible. You're you anyone's capable of running a marathon, uh, whether they think they are or not. So that's great to have that ability to inspire people and pull them along as well. And it's, these aren't just things I'm saying because it sounds good. I, I genuinely believe it. And it astounds me when, and it's quite rewarding, you kind of go out and do some of these things with people and some of the challenges and you bring them along and they realise what they are capable of. And part of it is just for them being able to recognise and get to a stage where, yeah, actually you are going to hurt and it's going to tire you, but let's see what else you can do, what else you can achieve. And that sense of satisfaction and um, a, a story I've told a couple of times when I've been on stage is um, my mum's disabled as a result of having cancer a couple of times. And I took her on a park run a couple of years ago. And bless her, she was there with her walker, kind of pushing it along. It took her about an hour and 16 minutes to do. Um, but that was kind of her marathon. Several times she didn't think she was able to do it. But the, the most impressive bit for me was as she was coming to the end, the park run was long gone. Uh, most people had gone home or gone to Starbucks, wherever they go a group of people had still remained behind to cheer her in. Mm-hmm. And it's thought that that's so, so much what the running community is about and just how people can achieve far more than they ever believed they could. And then she still talks about that now and just clings to it, the fact that that achievement from it. And that's yeah. what I want for others to do things, be able to go, I did that and I'm really proud I did that. And this is what, whether it was just for me intrinsically or whether you raise money or whatever reason for, it's it's a powerful reason to do, I think. Jeez, Carl, you're some man. You're some man. <laughs> right. It's been a bit of a disjointed interview, this one. Um, and I am conscious that you are going into another meeting in about 25 minutes time. So I want to give you time to kind of have time for yourself as well before you hop into that. So where's the best place to find you? Uh, I know we've kind of just touched on your uh, Instagram just now. So you want to share your handle on any other forms, you've p- ways people can follow you or get in contact? Yeah, that, that probably is the best one. It's um, fighting underscore the underscore dad bod. Um, uh, and as the name suggests, it's, it's a fairly inconsistent fight. Um, I think at the moment I'm losing said fight. Um, a couple of years ago, I was in far better shape. So I'm hoping maybe if I get some decent training in for the headway, because you've got to respect the distance as well. I know we've made light of, I don't train or prepare anywhere near as much as I should. Um, and that's a bit silly of me at times. And it's certainly not something I'd advocate for others. But it's just... I don't know, it's one of those things, isn't it? It's part of it going in unprepared. It's kind of almost set you up in another way mentally. But the other part is it would be nice to be better prepared and set up for some of these. So at least so I'm not crippled for days or a week afterwards. Just, And I think I'm prematurely aging as a result as well. I know I take the mick out of leave looking 70, but it, it's not going well. <laughs> The look on that woman's face when that cake said 70. Was the cake said yes. 70? The balloon said 60. <laughs> oh, she thought she thought something had gone wrong there. <laughs> but yeah, I that's don't... the best way of getting a hold of me. And anyone that drops me a message, um, more than happy. And if I can help anyone in any way in terms of any advice or guidance, even if it's 
don't do what I do, but here's what I'd recommend. Or if someone's got some good ideas for challenges, because clearly I've got the breaking strain of a soggy Kit Kat when it comes to persuasion for stupid ideas. Mm-hmm. So there's always an opportunity there. <laughs> Spot on. Well, before I let you go, uh, Lee wanted to make special note about your beloved football team. Uh, believe that Spurs, is that right? It, it is indeed. And um, you need... A good memory and a loss of patience to be a Spurs fan. It puts you in good stead for a lot of aspects of life. I was going to say, a lot a lot of the pain you've put yourself through and suffering, it comes from being a Spurs fan, isn't it? Well, you kind of get used to it, don't you? And <laughs> friends with so many Scottish people as well. I'm going to be bold enough to say that now. Because um, the ribbon and grief I get for being, obviously, the token English person in these events, it's quite nice to get my own back now and then. Ah, okay. well, at least it's only one of them that gives you the the grief for the pronunciation. The rest <laughs> of us are a little bit more relaxed about it. No, that's fair. Spot on. Well, thank you very much for joining me today, Carl. That's been really informative from your perspective, but also showing that no matter what you set your mind to, and it is achievable no matter how much you're training. No, and thank you for having me and putting up with half hour of rambling. <laughs> Enjoy the rest of your day and hopefully we'll get to see you soon. Convincing Carl to come on has been a battle in itself. There was a good dose of back and forth before he caved into the pressure. The chat might have been a little bit disjointed, but I think it showcased how selfless of a guy that he is, especially given up the time in his always busy schedule to come and speak to me. It's been a pleasure getting to know Carl over the past few years after being welcomed into the Loch Ness Marathon Group by the three OGs, Lee, Muriel Dempsey and of course Carl. Make sure you hop on over and follow his always inspirational adventures and his takes. He's at fighting underscore the underscore dad bod. I'll make an effort to get a page pulled together on our website for the Instaviews chat with amazing people across the sporting and community spectrum. And of course, I'll be looking forward to getting my hands on a copy of the book he's working on. Fingers crossed and time permitting, I'll be supporting Carl in person during his Hebridean Way challenge. Again, if you can support Carl in any way, even if it's simply by aiding it to a wider audience, all I can do is implore you to do so. Small efforts like sharing can make a big impact. Finally, if you want to hear more about Carl, you can listen back through the What the Fartlet archives to season one, episode 10, right the way back in their early, early, early days. Before I wrap things up for our season one, however, I want to get the interaction and call to actions rolling once again after seeing a good amount of feedback at the tail end of season three. I'll pop it up on social media, but my question to you all today is, did you set a running or sporting related New Year's resolution? If so, what is it? And let me know, have you broken it yet or are you sticking to your guns and seeing it through? That is, as they say, however, that. It's great to be back recording and sharing the stories from the faces and voices within the community. If you have anyone you'd like to hear from, let me know in the DMs or an email and I will do my utmost to get them on and have a chat with them. 
Repeating myself from the start of the episode, you can find the show on Instagram and Facebook at the Point 99 podcast. So you can drop us a DM and get some chat going with myself. Or if you'd like to drop us an email, you can do so at the Point 99 podcast at gmail.com. You can also find the website, as I've made reference to just a moment ago, at the Point 99 podcast.com. You can find more information on the show myself, links to every episode so far, and also links to the merchandise we've got going with Twisted Running, just the one t-shirt at the moment, but if you want to show off your pride for the show, give them an order. They're great, great quality and a great bunch of guys doing a great thing. Find us on all the podcast platforms of choice, of course, other than the one that you're tuning in to this episode on, and drop us a rating or review Finally, if you have a spare minute and wouldn't mind sharing this episode with your friends, family or wider audience of followers, I'd be eternally grateful. But until next week, big love from myself. Stay safe, enjoy your runs and you'll hear from me soon.